The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out his angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Like I said, I was on, uh, in, in Italy uh, both for uh, a priest gathering and that from uh, the Archdiocese for Military Services and then also took the time to also take a retreat. And so I followed along on this book, Lift Up Your Hearts, uh, by Father John Burns, who's, a, who's, a, who's an awesome Wisconsin priest, so took uh, like that. And then also uh, had this book recommended. And so 10-day uh, personal retreat, uh, looking over the meditations from St. Francis de Sales, who was in the 1500s. And Father John Burns kind of rewrote it because he's like, well, you know, St. Francis de Sales is still awesome, but sometimes it's a little bit hard to take his meditations. And so he kind of wrote it to today's standards and, um, or today's language in some ways. Uh, I didn't have 10 days, so I kind of did two every single day for the five days. And one of them, um, I'd like to kind of meditate on you, and I think the church is kind of asking us to meditate on, which is on death. St. Francis de Sales, on the, uh, the fifth day, wants you to meditate on death. And, and it seems like not the most exciting thing, right? But it's actually something that's uh, ingrained within the church, and we actually have seen throughout the ages that, that the saints and the church calls us to meditate upon death. The first uh, time that I kind of heard that was actually when I joined the Knights of Columbus. And the Knights of Columbus, one of the phrases uh, that's kind of used, especially as we enter, is momento mori, which means, is Latin for remember death. Um, And why do we remember death? Again, that seems like not exactly the thing that we want to do. We want to talk about life. We want to live life. Well, Why are we going to think about death? Isn't that kind of depressing? Well, in some ways, in some ways, thinking about death, it can be depressing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But it should also give a proper perspective for our life. And that's why the church asks us to meditate on death. And that's why we often see a lot of the saints meditate on death. If you look at a lot of different art, especially uh, of of saint art, maybe during the Renaissance or or others, you often see, as was the case, it's not just in art, but but saints also had, often had a skull with them. Uh, We see that St. Francis de Sales or St. Francis of Assisi actually always had a skull with them. And, and, And partly that was to remember death, to remember that he's going to die. Now again, why? What is the point of this? Well, the point is, is to, is to put everything in perspective. 
And when we remember that we're going to die, it doesn't mean that nothing matters. It means that the most important things matter, right? What are the most important things that actually matter? Because I think a lot of the times our anxiety, our stress, our things that we take, the things that we pursue, often don't really matter when we think about death. When we think about the end of our life, when we think about eternity in heaven. A lot of these things that cause anxiety and worry and pursuits and just don't have any weight. And so why would we think about this today? Well, I want to give us a little bit of perspective why I think that the church specifically wants us to think about this today is that we're coming up on the 33rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Now, there's only 34 Sundays of Ordinary Time. And so what does that mean? Well, we're coming to the end of Ordinary Time. And so we actually see the readings get towards, they're talking about the end of time. We see in the first reading, as well as the gospel, he's talking about the end of times. He's talking about, sometimes we've heard the word, you know, apocalypse, right? The end of the world, right? We have all these different predictions sometimes in Christianity of saying, well, here are the signs of the times, right? The world's about to end. Jesus is going to come again. And there's always been predictions throughout the years. And so as we kind of read this, we kind of think about this and we say, well, is the end near, right? It seems pretty bad, right? And, and we can always get throughout all the ages someone who's predicting the end of the world. Now, as Catholics, I want us to always, why we do these readings and that they're part of Scripture and that we should be thinking about the end of the world is because the end of the world will come, right? We know that at some point, just even scientifically, the sun will burn out, right? It, the earth will be no more. The universe is actually tending towards expansion and destruction, towards more chaos. And so, yes, there will be an end of the world at some point. Will it be in the next minute? Or will it be 5,000 years? Or we don't, we don't know. And actually, Scripture specifically tells that. Jesus specifically tells us that no one knows the hour or the day. So whenever we hear different predictions or anything else, I just want us to be able to say, eh, you know, eh, doesn't really matter. We, we don't really care that much about whether it's the end of the world or not. So why are we thinking about it? Well, we want to think about the end of the world because ultimately we want to think about the end of our life, right? Why is the end of the world important? Why do we think about that? Because we have to think about the fact that our life will end at some point on this earth. And so when we remember the end of the world, we remember and meditate on our own death. Because whether we die at the end of the world or whether we just die in the normal process, right? It, it doesn't matter. We, we are going to die. And, and the important thing is, is our death and ultimately how we've lived to be judged by God and for eternity, hopefully, as we pursue heaven. And so um, I'd like you like to read a, a short section uh, from the book by Father John's, John Burns, uh, which is talking about St. Francis de Sales, to give us a little bit of perspective, a little bit of meditation, kind of on meditating on death, and what are some things that we think about, and then I'll lead you through a short meditation, kind of just thinking about your own death. Not, again, uh, about necessarily how you die, but again, trying to give a little bit of perspective to our life here on earth, which... I just want to emphasize, doesn't mean that the small things don't matter. It's not like we're meditating on death so that we've got to fit everything in right now. It it actually gives us a little bit of, hopefully, peace to be able to do the most important things. And so uh, he writes, 
as we meditate on death, our perspective shifts. Hopefully, right? We realize that there is more to reality than we often let ourselves believe, and that our deepest reality is what we are about to experience. This shift makes the choice and the priorities of our bodily lives come into focus for what they really are. The things that seem to matter so much, bodily pleasures, human praise, worldly accomplishments, money and possessions, have no meaning or value outside the framework of the material world. What seems so real, so important, now becomes almost two-dimensional, passing, and certainly unsatisfying. Immediately we realize the silliness of having put so much value on them, and we see the sinful actions we undertook in their pursuit. And at the same instant, as the worldly elements of our lives lose their clarity and importance, other aspects of our life shift into clearer focus, a more textured color, our good works, the virtues, our charity and charitable acts, the effects of our faith lived out. As this shift occurs, each of us will encounter the great truth about our lives and the balance between these two. As DeSales says with stark realism, sins that once seemed so small will then appear as huge as mountains, but your devotion, very little. And so again, as we think about death, we're not just, we're thinking about the end of our life, thinking about, well, what was most important in our life? And we can do that right now by even thinking about back into our life. And that's what I'd like us to do is kind of think about, uh, is kind of meditate on our life a little bit so far. And I know I can look at my own life and think about so many things that caused me so much great anxiety that I thought were so important, right, in high school or, or other things that, that just don't matter, right? So many things that thought it was the most important thing now ha- have no weight even today. And think about that even more when we die. And the material world, again, has no weight. What are the things that endure to eternity? Well, as St. Francis de Sales and others say, our faith our charitable acts, the things that we gave to people, not the things that we consumed or kept for ourselves. And so I invite you now uh, to just close your eyes and just kind of think about our own death. Think about that. Are we ready right now? Are we ready to die or, or, or is there something that we're just, um, would not be, We need to always be ready for death. And so are we ready for death today? And we kind of look back on our life and we kind of say, well, what about if I did die today? What are the things that matter? As we look back on our life, maybe as we were a child, what are the things that stick out? Maybe those things that still endure with us. It's often kind of maybe strong emotions, maybe the love that we felt from our parents, maybe the disappointment, maybe the struggle uh, maybe the shame or, or different things that we experience, those things take greater weight. There's a lot of things that just pass away. We thought were important, but maybe aren't. Kind of go into in middle school, high school, what are the things that we pursued that now just don't matter as we think about going on to eternity? So we think about high, after high school, Maybe our first job, going out on our own. What are the things that cause the greatest amount of anxiety, but, but yet now just don't, don't matter as we think about our own death? 
we think about those things that we've pursued. So we think about our family. So we think about the pursuit of, of job, as pursuit of friends or security. What kind of things matter at the end of our life? Hopefully it is our faith, our worship of God, our love of God and neighbor. That so many things in the world pass away when we think about death. The things that don't pass away, what are those things? What are those things that endure for eternity? I invite you to open up back your eyes and just ask you to continue to think about this, right? When the world overwhelms you, when anxiety creeps in, when things battle for your attention, how do we judge? How do we decide what to do? How do we continue to pursue love and charity and the small things and the big things? Well, I would suggest to you one of the ways to be able to make decisions, one of the ways to guide your life is to remember death. Memento mori. And in that, I find that life doesn't lose its meaning. It is instead gives it its proper perspective. It means that even the small things matter not because they're small, um, but the small things in charity and love can endure forever. Um, that sometimes the big things, the material world things, just don't matter. Sometimes the disappointment or things that I think are going to cause a lot of anxiety just don't matter. And I can let those things go. Properly seeing my life, not in the small, thing, small perspective, but instead having that large perspective. And that's what God ultimately wants. He wants us for eternity, not just the next week. Right? He wants us for eternity. And so let us pursue that today by remembering death uh, with the church as we come to the end of ordinary time as we come here to Mass. As we come here to Mass, I, I think about that sometimes and kind of think, well, uh, it's the same action every single time, so how does this, you know, would our time be spent better elsewhere, right? If, you, if this is your last day, would you spend it coming to Mass? I hope that you would. I hope that you see Mass here not as something of just repeating the same thing that you've done already, but as instead an act of love. And when we act in love and when we act in charity, that's not the same action every single time, even though that it might be the same thing that we do. Every single time it's, it's new and it takes on more meaning because we're doing it today in this moment in loving God and loving neighbor. And so this action here today is the eternal thing that we actually is most important. I would, I would hope as we think about and remember death that actually Mass becomes more important. Our prayer becomes more important because we realize that that's ultimately the things that do endure, the love of God and the love of neighbor.